Why create a work of art when dreaming about it is so much sweeter? Pier Paolo Pasolini Hello and welcome to The Mirror. I'm your host, Justin Reed, and this week I wanted to talk about something that I touched on in the first episode quite a bit, but I wanted to take some time to go into a bit more depth here about what I coined, I guess, the sort of social media mindset. I mean, I'm not going to lay claim to that phrase. I'm sure the concept exists, but I'm just trying to put it out there in my own language and to talk about how, uh, I guess, like the way um, we as artists are using social media right now and uh, how we could possibly use it in different ways or potentially just not use it at all, which is kind of the place that I'm landing on at the moment. Um, I think it's a, I mean, it's it's a evergreen topic because uh, at least in my life and for some perspective, I guess, for the world's least interesting story about um, being on social media, but I think I was 15 the first time that I ever used Facebook and I can remember the exact feeling of it and it was kind of tied to the same feeling I had when I would first use the internet like when we had um when we had dial-up internet before broadband was even a thing that there was a sense of wonder to it this like ability to you know communicate with your your friends and and family and to communicate with people that otherwise you just couldn't at all and I it's it's interesting to think back because it was such a like short-lived time I feel that it felt wondrous and the capabilities felt amazing uh before it was sort of turned into this uh soup of I guess like commercialized this like commercialized space in the same way that television and uh you know magazines and radio are but uh, to an insane new level because of the personalization of it and um, what has come with that, the sort of incentivization of a very like homogenous type of cultural output. So, I mean, it, it, it doesn't take much um, to see this by looking through, you know, looking through your social media feeds, looking through YouTube and seeing the same types of thumbnails being adopted, the same, I guess, like, and I hate, this term but I guess like the click bait style of like naming of things and how that gets people to click on things I mean in in the context of what it is those things are obviously very useful for creators and obviously are very valid for what they're doing but that's only within the context of the actual platform itself if you want to look at um, as I spoke about previously and, and as we'll go into in this episode if you want to look at sort of art creation and creativity from a broader perspective you know being an artist and sort of having a vision and trusting your your instinct and and exploring and you know finding new avenues then that approach uh, completely reduces your ability to do that and this is because you know that's not what the platform's set up there for it's set up to you know, reach a, as wide an audience as possible and in the 
the best cases uh, to, you know, make it really easy. And I guess in a way, like handhold people through what exactly you're doing. And again, there's some merit to that, you know, the democratization of art. But there's also, I guess, like the problem is like you could maybe call it dumbing down, but you could also maybe call it a sort of like, again like I don't I don't have the words for it it's just sort of a a feeling that you see when you see these things that you feel like the quality of what you're watching sure there is more of it than ever and sure that you know it's so much easier to make things with the like the quality of it is lower uh than it's than I can sort of remember and and maybe it's just because of the ubiquity of it and maybe it's just a problem when you have a platform that can potentially speak to everyone in the world is that your message is going to get diluted you're not going to find the right people to engage with your artwork so you know that's a that's a pretty decent problem i would say so to sort of launch off i want to start talking about this from a point of view before you even get to the creation of the art because i think that uh in my experience and i've done a fair amount of Uh, critical thinking about my own approach and and sort of like the pitfalls I would fall into and now being on the other side of you know not using social media anywhere near as much having been off it for four or five months fully at this point and you know kind of thinking back to my mindset and seeing how my mindset is now shifting I can see that not only does it sort of affect um the way that you create things or the way that you present and package your work but it also uh sort of affects you when you're like before you've even developed the idea before you've even delved into it because one thing that social media is really great at is giving you a sort of instant catharsis you know the 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 cycle of posting something and having a a reception to it a a like or a comment or follows or views or or, or whatever the metric is it doesn't really matter that has some kind of effect and we know that that's intentional and that's the way it's designed Um, I'm not trying to say it's necessarily again 100% a bad thing but where I see the problem with this is and where I've seen the problem in my own art creation is that I've realized that I get a lot of catharsis from saying I'm going to do something so you know rather than having an idea thinking about it, journaling about it, coming up with sketches of it or, or a rough version or some kind of like prototype of it before putting it into the world, I would come up with the idea and almost instantaneously put that idea out into the world. It would be met with some kind of a reception. And, you know, especially when you have things like Instagram polls where people can say yes or no, this is a good idea or a bad idea. Um, and you know your friends are probably generally not going to tell you no um but you know some people can be quite honest which is really useful you get that you know you get that catharsis from the idea and then i would find that i'm completely done with it i'm bored with it i'm actually not going to follow it up i've written it down and now i've kind of like lost interest because that feeling that i guess i came up with the idea for the intention of it was to get some kind of attention some kind of you know feedback on it I got it already, but I didn't actually create anything. And I think there's a, you know, like a real danger in falling into that, uh, that, that trap. And I've been there for a long time. Now on the other side of things, I mean, 
this uh, project, the mirror, is is a good example of me trying to uh, do the opposite of that, where I'm thinking about these things over time. You know, I'm not, I'm like I said in the first episode, I'm not planning things um, super strong. I'm not, I'm not putting firm deadlines on myself because sometimes things just need to sit and gestate, and you need to really think about whether it's something you even need to sort of put out there like is it even actually worth putting out into the world sometimes it is but uh, a lot of the times it's not and that's okay but that process you know the process of coming up with an idea writing it down reflecting on it sort of building out the idea a bit more attacking it from different angles critically thinking about it kind of pulling it apart putting it back together that's incredibly useful and I, I think it's vital to coming up with artwork that is meaningful to you and potentially to other people if everything's just a instant thought reaction and then pushed out into the world um it can feel like you're doing something and that that's how i felt in the past it it felt like i was doing quote-unquote art (laughs) by making instagram stories and i would look through them over and be like wow the aesthetics of this are amazing but the content is completely devoid of any you know meaningful uh, well meaning in a is the best term for it and it's only sort of being having stepped back from the social media that I've realized that this is the way that I've been approaching my work and realizing that oh I'm not thinking through things I'm not giving myself the ability to decide if I even like this idea or not you know when you feel like you have an idea and it should be shared instantly, you take a photo, it should be shared instantly, you're not sort of like going through any type of editorial process where you're actually honing your craft, where you're actually coming up with a distinctive uh, perspective or idea on something. And I think, yeah, like like I said, I think that's incredibly vital um, that you actually give yourself that chance to develop and understand it and, and understand whether it's a worthy idea or not. Not only you will kind of know through your own feelings as you go through it, your own interest. I mean, sometimes you'll lose interest in something, but then you'll come back to it six months later and realize, well, okay, there's something in that now because I came up with an idea, but I just didn't know what to do with it at the time. And I'm glad that I've been procrastinating working on some of my uh, film ideas that a lot of them have already been shot. They just haven't been edited because at the time I shot them, I didn't realize kind of why I was doing it. I was just kind of like expressing myself. I felt this pressure to finish things, finish things, get them out into the world. And again, there can be merit to setting deadlines and finishing things, but it depends on the project. Sometimes things do just need to take time. And some of these projects I filmed were filmed two years ago. And for a long time, I felt shame or guilt or something like that at the fact that okay why can't I finish this why why am I so lazy why am I not sitting down and doing it but the truth was because I hadn't come up with or I hadn't spent the time or was even at a place in my life as an artist as a human being where I was able to create this work in a way that made sense to me you know it was like I I had a puzzle there I had all the pieces but I was trying to do it in the dark so none of the pieces I couldn't see what I was doing I was only sort of 
you know, blindly trying to put some together over time, over the last couple of years, the light is starting to come on a bit more. And it's because I'm taking the time and giving myself the time. And that's only come because of being off social media. I think that's got to be like the key thing is, well, it's, it's that and the, the intentional practice that I'm trying to pursue in a lot of critical thinking and, you know, journaling a lot more and, and also trying to engage with, with different art forms. Um, I'll go into that a bit further at the end of the episode, but yeah, I just, I just think it's really important that, you know, we allow ourselves as artists to have ideas and then just let them sit there for a while and, and to work on them and chip away at them. Even if it's only once a month, even if it's once every six months, you know, like the works that I'm referring to that I've, I've filmed, I haven't looked at them in months and some of them I did no work on for almost a year. And then I sat down for two hours at some point and damn nearly finished the thing, like nearly edited hours worth of footage into a, uh, a sort of constructed 10 minute short film of, of whatever type it was. And then after that one session of two hours, I was like, okay, I don't know what to do now. And I've just left it again because I know there'll be another point in time where it will click for me, where I come back and I go, okay, I know what I'm looking at here. There's more light in the room. I know how to put this puzzle together. So that's, I guess, like from an idea perspective, as you're coming up with ideas or as things come to you, you know, that, that can play a huge role in sort of limiting your own capacity to, to follow through on ideas and come up with new artwork that you think is worthwhile. Um, But it's also the fact that if you're only, you know, if you're only engaging with types of creativity or art on social media and we know that they are incentivized, like we know that it's incentivized to only show certain types of work to probably not be too out there. I've heard other people talk about the fact that there are some like painters on, you know, Instagram that they do these amazing most beautiful works and they've obviously labored over it and they've really honed their craft but their palette is a lot darker and moodier so it will never get picked up um you know in the same way that a lot more brighter imagery that more upbeat things are and and i hope that you don't take away from this that you know if you are interested in doing things that are i guess what you could call more popular or like pop style of art that's incredibly valid and you should pursue that but if you have something inside yourself that is saying it should be this way it should be this darker color palette you know i should be filming in this way it should be black and white it should be on film uh it should this should be a theater performance you know this should be something that isn't even seen on the internet i think you should follow that because there are so many more avenues for putting work out into the world than the internet, you know, and I, I've really struggled with this. And again, taking a step back from social media, I can really see, and I have an issue with this in my own work is that if I've spent a long time working on something and I'm just going to upload it to Instagram, upload it to YouTube, and then it's just sort of one video that someone experiences and the post before it is a photo of their friend at dinner and then it's my heartfelt work and then the, the post after that is uh 
you know, someone's dog running around, like it doesn't matter how much I've put into that. And, you know, I'm not talking about like, I feel like my effort is wasted. I'm talking about, I don't think audiences get the chance to really engage with the work when it's sandwiched in between all these other types of things flying for the same attention and if it's especially if it's not a type of work that again is like tailored towards what people want on there which is short which is bright which is easy to consume you know i don't i don't think i'm ever going to exist um in a world where my work is incredibly easily digestible i think it kind of does end up that way sometimes either accidentally or because I've spent so many years making commercials that I'm always kind of fighting with that uh, voice in my head to make it shorter, make it snappier, Um, you know, cut it to music, turn everything into a music video. But um, I, I just, I just see very little value in me continuing to put my work in a space like that because it's within the context, it's not even what people are sort of looking for and also people are not having the chance to engage with it in a meaningful way i mean the more i think about it the more my ideal way of showing films would be in person in a cinema or in an art gallery with some kind of like large projector setup or i'm even thinking of ideas about like multi multi multi-screen projections you know like i'm thinking to that level i want it to be an experience i want it to be an event that people go to because I don't spend this time, you know, coming up with these ideas and then producing them and putting them out there for them to just kind of get lost in the void. And that happens because, again, like we can talk about art and then we can talk about content and content is what is designed for these platforms. Like that is what people are after, whether it's educational, whether it's entertainment, often art doesn't fall into either of these. It's something that you're just supposed to sit with that you're supposed to use your your thinking brain your emotional brain and your rational brain to to process and yeah i just i just think that it would be it would it would be a bit sad if that's the only way that people wanted to have their work experienced if if it's made for that then that's great but if you know that there's something more if you would like there to be something more to it i would say you should explore that and i would say you should take your time to figure out what is not only a good idea and and to develop that idea but really put some time and love into how to present that idea to people i can remember i had a i had a couple experiences just out of university where i kind of like fell into installation art just through way of like you know, I was a musician and interested in music production, but ended up experimenting with photography and video. And then I kind of decided I wanted to do something sort of sculptural. And somehow I landed on this idea of creating this like installation of clouds, projections and light that people would walk through. And I've, I did uh, one of these installations with a friend and then another one, I sort of went solo with it, but had some other friends involved and things like a bit more complex electrical work and the installation and it was just such a different experience but such a a wholesome amazing experience to sort of have all these people walking through your work and wanting to take photos in it and be in it and be present in it and that I guess like kind of felt it felt very special to me and it's something that I won't forget you know I won't forget 
that feeling of 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 having being able to stand there inside of uh, my work or next to my work and see people enjoy it and I think you know that's one of the reasons why I do this um, outside of just you know feeling the need to express and it was such a divergence for me that I really loved it especially because I just loved everything about the internet at the time and now I just feel like I kind of don't love everything about the internet I think it's you know something we should really be uh i heard someone refer to it as a tool that we can use to our advantage but that we you know we shouldn't rely on and we shouldn't sort of let run our lives and in a lot of the ways that it does and i'm still working through that you know i think it's a process and um i i'm just going to keep you know trying to think outside of literally outside of the box the box being the screen how you can take it to other people um, another little anecdote I, I recently it was my uncle's 50th birthday and my aunt um, got me to make a video for his birthday he was having a party and she was like oh can you make a video for him you know kind of talk to the family get some stories and uh, you know we'll, we'll scan some photos and things like that and I didn't go overboard with it but I I knew that I wanted to interview my family members on camera and these are people who have had no experience with any type of media who who possibly um, don't really know the extent of what I do or how I do it and all of them sat down with me and begrudgingly but they sat down and they were amazing they told me some amazing stories We, we all laughed and it was really quite emotional and it was beautiful in a way that I could use my skills in a way that I could you know that I'd I'd never before in a way that I felt was meaningful after five and a half years of creating educational videos and uh, advertisements I had never really felt like any of it had any meaning or worth like beyond the sort of like fact that I was working with a camera and a computer which I you know I like um but that was really it. And, you know, I interviewed my family and ended up making this 14 minute video. And I got to screen it for my uncle and nearly all my family were there. My grandparents were there. And it was just 14 and 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 like 30 of his friends. You know, there was a lot of people. There was like 40 people there. And there was just so much laughter and the family was crying and you know and it was very simple it was very simple work it was maybe one of the most simple things I ever did it was just interviews music and stock photos that you know not stock photos photos of you know him growing up in the family and things like that and it was an amazing experience it was something that I, I was really proud of and it was like wow like why is it taken so long for me to get to a point where I can do something like this where I can you know show my filmmaking skills to people not only in my advertising work do I you know almost entirely do things um, away from people and you know putting it online and like it's not sort of you never really know like who's looking at it you never really get a sense of like the impact that it's having sometimes I'm not even meeting the clients of the work that I'm doing you know it's all done remotely and and we talk about 
well, I don't talk about, but there are, there are definitely people who talk about how amazing that is, how you can do work for people you've never even met and never even leave your house. And in a time like this, I just feel like I couldn't think of anything worse, you know? Like, I couldn't, I couldn't think of anything worse than making something that a bunch of people just look at on their phone. And, you know, David Lynch said, said something... Uh, there was an interview, it's on YouTube, but he basically said something like along the lines of, you can't tell me that you, you've seen a movie if you're watching it on your fucking telephone. And well, one, I love that he said telephone. I think that's hilarious. But two, I tend to agree. And, you know, I said in the first episode of The Mirror that I'm not going to try and walk a line of like, oh, yeah, you know, I think this is good, but maybe here's a little bit of bad thing about it, but I'll still tell you it's good. Like, I just, I just don't think watching a film on your phone is the way to go. I think there are ways to do it. And I think there are artworks that people spend a lot of time and effort and their money and, you know, years of their life into creating for people to experience a certain way and for that not to happen. I I just, it disappoints me. I think it is, I think it is a sad a sad thing and I would hate to feel like you know especially after the year that 2020 has been that I will never get a chance to screen a film in a cinema I don't think cinemas are going to go away in Australia but there are other places in the world talking about the fact that we haven't been able to have anyone come in for a year and that's tragic you know at the very least at the very least if films are going to be watched Online, They should be watched in a specific viewing place, like some kind of online gallery space. I mean, even something like Netflix and, you know, streaming services, that's not such a bad thing because at least it's sing- it has a singular purpose. Yes, there is a bunch of uncreative bullshit on there and whatever, you know, people like what they like, uh, but at least it's a place where you know movies are to be viewed and i guess people have bigger screens now than ever which is great but yeah i just think that you know you for me anyway i want to have like my audience's attention i don't want to feel like oh i kind of watched three minutes and then i scrolled away from it (laughs) um especially with the kind of work i'm going to be doing i think it's going to be incredibly um the only word for it is slow. Like the only word that I think that my work is going to turn out like is it's going to be, uh, it's going to be contemplative in the way that I am and the way that I do things. My work will mirror that and mirror classic. Yeah. I think, I think that like that it's, it's important that we, we don't limit ourselves to just the idea that, okay, social media It's popular, it's easy, it's convenient. That's the only way I can get my work out there. I know it seems easy, but but the more time you spend away from it, you can actually sort of start to see like different opportunities for doing, um, you know, for for approaching it in different ways and and exhibiting your, your artwork in different ways. And if you're a filmmaker, I would hope that, um, well, you know, it's up to you, but I would hope that you're at least considering the idea of screening things in purpose even if it uh in person sorry even if it's you know a, a limited amount of people even if it's only 15 or 20 people and it's 
just at your friend's house, but he's got a, a massive wall with a projector and a good sound system. I mean, that's a good start, you know, like get people in a space around other people, you know, safely and and let them experience it, like have them experience it, have them have a shared arts experience that's also personal that they can then, you know, sit around and talk to them and, and feel their energy and, and see, you know, get some ideas. Do they like it? Do they not like it? If not, then maybe it's not a bad idea. Maybe it's the wrong audience, you know. I just think it's worth exploring and on that note like you you don't have to have a finished work I guess to 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 show it to people I mean I'm not saying you should half ask everything and then send it to art galleries and say here's a here's an artwork I mean that's you know incredibly contemporary art style of working but um, no I think I think that like there's there's such a focus on the finished article on these platforms because it's about you know how much content can we create how much quote-unquote value can we create and i mean i don't know if there's a whole lot of value considering the main output of instagram accounts is just creating content for how to be good at posting on instagram (laughs) like okay there's probably sort of a finite number of those that we need in the world but more importantly than that, I mean, you know, if Instagram went away tomorrow, there would always be something else. But I think art will always remain, you know, people are people are spiritual in a way they don't even understand sometimes. They see things, they experience things, and they move them. You know, I've been moved in ways that I hadn't thought I would just through putting myself in a position of experiencing more art, more films. This year I've watched uh, almost 100 films getting very close and next year my goal is to not watch another hundred films but to watch a lot more challenging works like there is a a shit ton of films out there i say a shit ton there is a limited amount of films out there that run longer than three hours that run four five seven nine hours long there are some that run for 14 hours and I mean, that might sound grueling or impossible to you. And I mean, even to me, it's like, yeah, that that's going to be challenging. That's going to be a multi-day watch for sure. But I want to experience that. I want to understand what what that artist has gone through to bring this work to the world because they wouldn't have done that for no reason. You don't create a 14-hour film because you're bored. You know? I mean, some people may, but... Um, some of the artists that I've been looking into, filmmakers like uh, Wang Bing, Bela Tarr, um, Andrei Tarkovsky, uh, Lav Diaz, whose work seems amazing as well. I, I'm really excited to, to delve into these longer works and, and, and see you know, what, what comes of it in my mind, what ideas spring to mind, what that length of time allows me to learn about myself and to learn about the world. Sorry, I got a bit aside there, but I was kind of talking about how we focus on the finished article in social media and sort of like there's a there's a big rush to sort of create something, get it done. And and as I said at the top of this episode, there's not a whole lot of reflection that I found was going on in my work until very recently because the incentive is to come up with an idea and put it out into the world as quickly as possible. And even when people are posting things or you know putting work out there like okay this is a work in progress just let me know what you think 
is it ever really truly a work in progress? Because I, I think most people would probably be a bit scared to put out a sketch that wasn't, you know, fully formed in some way or some kind of like footage reel of a video that wasn't color graded and had some kind of music to it. Like it's pretty rare that you see, Hey, I'm just sort of working on this. What do you think? It's, it's just another, like a work in progress now is just another example of quote unquote content. There's no sort of like true works in progress where you're like, Hey, check out this painting I'm working on. And it's just got the sort of, you know, the sketches of, a, of, of the pencil markings underneath it. And then a little bit of paint on the canvas, like, I don't see that as much as I see things that are a bit more finished. And that's that social media mindset again is like the idea that we can't um, share things that are a work in progress. And for me as well, I think like I don't even know if it's if it's worth me doing that, like sharing something that is in progress. I think it's important for me to kind of capture the progress and and journal it and, you know, have some kind of imagery of it along the way. But it's more important to actually do the things that you're doing. And I thought it was really interesting that I'm reading this to use the painting example. Like I'm reading this book about oil painting and uh, I want to learn how to do oil painting. And in the first chapter, it gives you a really good overview of like how oil painting developed and then how the different masters over time learned from each other. And at a certain point it got to, a point in I would say it's probably France or Spain I can't quite remember where there would be masters teaching up-and-coming painters but before they could even you know put any paint onto their canvas they had to show aptitude in drawing first you know they had to show that okay you understand composition you understand framing you understand how leading lines work you understand what this thing is going to look like and how you're going to apply the paint and how that's going to work and how the paint actually works before you even put it on the canvas. Now, I thought that was really interesting because there is a there is a sort of just do it, you know, attitude of the culture that we live in right now, which again has some virtues to it. There is a lot of value to just going out and making something, whether it's good or not. But I also think there's an incredible value in going to square one, like whether it's an idea or whether it's, well, well, yeah, when it's an idea, whether it's just the inkling of an idea of of a work or whether you have the idea and now you're going to start with it, it's better to be sketching. It's better to be building up how it's going to be and planning it out in your head before you jump into it. And, you know, being able to show aptitude in that as opposed to just sort of randomly throwing something at the wall and seeing it sticks, allowing yourself to achieve some kind of mastery. Like I think that's something that is missing. And that's something that when I'm looking at these filmmakers, I'm mentioning is that they are achieving some kind of mastery because they have given themselves the time, you know, Andre Tarkovsky made seven films in his lifetime, which to some people might seem like a lot, but to the sort of initiated in the film world, I think most people would say that that's not a lot of films that you could make but the fact is that all of them were amazing in some way and I'm speaking from the experience of not having seen all of them but just from the revered like the revered nature of them and understanding like the process he went through and the work he went through I mean his film Stalker he filmed it three times once because he didn't like how it turned out 
like he filmed it filmed the movie he didn't like how it turned out so we went back to the drawing board the second time some of the footage actually got damaged and like he probably still could have salvaged a movie out of it but again he was very unhappy so he went back and filmed it a third time and like that is a crazy amount of discipline i think to make a feature film three times like i can't even imagine like my i guess my discipline levels are incredibly low and one of the reasons is because i i can get such like instant gratification it's like why would i work hard at something like why would i build up layers why would i sketch something why would i spend time on like creating an artwork as good as it could be to really think about it to unpack it critically as time goes on when i could just make something as quickly as possible and put it out there well one it's not uh you know monetarily you're probably not going to do as well if you do it the latter way i mean nothing's impossible but when we live in like the society that we do and we have the incentive structures that we do especially on these platforms like the incentive is the more you post the more you create um the more you quote unquote provide value the better you will do but I do think that if you're just sort of doing that without a mind for like what you are doing and what is the point, it's one of the reasons why we end up with so much like homogenized content, why so many things look the same, why we have so many carbon copies of the same thing is because there hasn't been any time spent in mastery. It's just kind of been like, well, I'll throw something at the wall and see if it sticks. And then five years later, we're still throwing something at the wall to see if it sticks. That's how I feel in Minecraft. Like, granted, I know I've improved. I know that, like, I know that in the last, like, two years especially, when I started thinking more critically about these things and listening to my feelings about what I like doing, what I don't like doing, what seems to work for me, like, what the workflow is, I can definitely say that I've seen some improvement. But I also feel like I've plateaued in a major way because the kind of work I'm doing is just commercials. And I, I've talked about this before, but with the commercials, you know, like you kind of, you kind of like remove the capacity to like find some kind of meaning because it's all just about, again, like aesthetics and like getting it down to a point where it's you're communicating something as quickly and as snappily as possible. Like there's a reason why most commercials go for 15 to 60 seconds, like somewhere in that ballpark. Sure. There are longer ones now and commercials have evolved to include 30 minute documentaries about people that just so happen to randomly use a product that a brand decided it would, you know, put its name on. But for the most part, like when we're talking about the kind of commercials that I'm doing, it's about as quickly as possible It's all about aesthetics, you know, and I look at them now, like I look at my own work, I look at other people's um, commercials and I just go, God, there is nothing to this. Like there is just nothing here. It is completely hollow. And that's especially sad considering I feel like the process is so unrefined. You know, if I wanted to go down that path, I could become even better at that. I could get even better. But at the end of the day, like the type of content is still going to be the same the only things that are really going to improve are how concise and well-crafted the message is and how beautiful the aesthetics are. Those are the only two things. There's sort of no space for 
meaning or talking about the human condition within those things. I mean, sure, from like an analytical standpoint, like if you sit back and kind of analyze, uh, you know, advertisements and you can say that they say something about our culture, about our world, but that's that's not the intended reading of an advertisement, you know. And, and a lot of this is, is because of just the economic circumstances of the world and, you know, the modern and contemporary art world's focus on, I guess, randomness, on abstraction, you know, and you could say this started way back when with the futurists, with, um, with Picasso and then, you know, people along the line like Jackson Pollock and, and that that's great that art has gone that way but there's also you know it's kind of it's kind of blended with commercial like commercialization to such a point that it's hard to kind of know where like one ends and the other begins and it has its place but again I don't I don't see that as something that's worthwhile for me and I think that I think that it's important that I I can continue to have some kind of mastery, that I can continue to refine my process and down, continue down this track that I'm on because I want there to be a meaning to what I do. I want people to feel something. I want to feel something myself from it. You know, I want to feel like I'm communicating something more than just, oh, I saw an interesting blue and light lighting scheme on Pinterest. I should do that. And that's all it kind of boils down to. Like, that's been my experience with the commercialized world of art creation up to this point. It's devoid of content. It's devoid of meaning. And, you know, it makes up for that by focusing on just pure aesthetics and abstraction. It's it's sad. <laughs> Again, like, I don't... I, I think the remedy, like, in my opinion, the remedy is to just chart your own path and if you can synthesize the two ideas of commercialization and doing art that just really speaks to you if you can synthesize and kind of bring them together in ways that make sense for you like obviously if you're making something you want people to see you need to promote it you need to be able to you know in some aesthetic way bring people into the experience so that they can have a meaningful experience um that's very important but I think start with the art, you know, start with whatever is inside of you. And if you're not sure what, like if it's not working for you, like right now, filmmaking is not really working for me because I'm doing it so often, but I'm doing it in the context of creating commercials to the point where I just, like I said, a plateaued, I've lost interest in it, but to such a degree that it's like, I need to do something else for a while. And I think that's what I'm going to pursue. I think I'm going to pursue making an income you know having a having some kind of job and career separately from that to allow myself to come back to filmmaking as just the art form because when I get those opportunities to do it you know and when I'm not inundated with what social media says I should be creating I should be spending my time creating content you know doing xyz for this audience and it's like okay but I woke up this morning and that wasn't in my brain because that's not something that makes sense to me. It's just something that's been shoved in my face through all these different, you know, media channels. Um, so I shouldn't do that. And neither should you if that's not how you feel. You know, I think, I think 
I think it's worthwhile to follow that voice inside of you. And, you know, it wouldn't be so inherently bad. Like the fact that like advertising is the most common way to like make money as an artist and like, you know, the most ubiquitous way um, to make art. But like as capitalism is in decline, like the only value that can really be found is in like quantity and marketability. And that's, that's what YouTube is. That's what Instagram is. Like, as I said, it's so homogenized that so many of these things, I'm not even sure if you would or or could call them art anymore. And I, I think it's worth, yeah, I think, I think, like I said, I think it's worth just following that voice inside you. And it might seem a bit like confronting and challenging. And it was for me, but the ways that I've been able to sort of avoid that feeling like I need to just be reacting to what's in front of me and media and social media and to have like a, a take on it and to be instantly reacting. Um, the way that I've avoided this is to log off, like to just fully log off the social media and just get it away from me because at this point it's like what am I looking at I'm looking at advertisements I'm looking at people who are basically becoming advertisements for themselves and uh, as Lewis on the um, cinema cartography patreon cast called it social media at this point is just persona management like it's not social and it's not media I'm not looking at like I'm not being social with people just by looking at their posts and they're not giving me some kind of news or meaning. There's nothing to be derived from it. They're just, everyone is just kind of presenting their persona in a way and in a way that they want. And I mean, it causes a lot of anguish. It causes a lot of anguish for me as a person and then as an artist. So I had to log off and by doing so, remove myself from that social and also economic incentive structure to just be putting out quote unquote content, you know, devoid of meaning to only look at advertisements as inspiration, which is another kind of like really bad thing that I, I don't like. And that I had to kind of realize about my own work is that when I would look for inspiration in my work, I would just be looking at other people's advertisements. So I'm not even like learning anything about filmmaking. I'm not really learning anything about the art form that I'm in. Um, well, I, I am now, now that I'm outside of that. And I'm, and I'm glad about that because, you know, now that it's not just about like, okay, what's the best trend on YouTube, how to do this certain effect, how to do this color grading, I can actually like strip back things and like learn about the craft and watch masters at work, watch their films, read books about them, watch interviews with them you know, focus on mastering my craft and and learning the fundamentals. And like, it's still very early days. It's only been a few months since I've made this, this change, but I've just seen, I have seen such a change within me because of it. My brain is changing so much. Like I, I thought I was a critical thinker before, but I'm even more of a critical thinker, which I didn't think was possible, but I'm, I'm just starting to well, one, I'm starting to feel like I don't know what I I don't really know 
what the hell is going on in the world and i can admit that now i think for the longest time through just kind of consuming so much about the world around me it made me feel like i knew what was going on but as soon as you kind of rub up against a real world experience yeah you kind of realize whether your beliefs are true or bullshit or not and so many of my beliefs were just completely hollow and I don't know I kind of almost feel like most people are probably in the same boat and it would be worthwhile to get out of that headspace and then just try and like like a good example would be like okay if you talk about xyz issues on the internet these things are important to you these people you follow are so important log off for a week and then try and write down everyone and everything you thought was so important i could not do that i didn't even set myself the goal because a week after being off it i was like wait who did i follow and like what did they talk about and you know what was this thing that was making me angry or elated like it's so manufactured to the point where i was like I was away from it for a week and I was like, what? <laughs> so I think it's, it's, it's a really, even if you just stay off it for a little bit of time, you'll feel that feeling within your, not only your mind, but your body of like, wow. Okay. I, uh, why was I upset about that thing? You know, or, or, or uh, in the case of what we're talking about, like, I'd be like, wait, why did I have that idea? Why did I want to do this project? Because the more I think about it, I didn't flesh this idea at all. I just kind of like went, oh, cool. That's a cool aesthetic idea. What if I did that? But that's not a film. That's not an artwork. That's just the idea. I wasn't expanding past it. So now when I'm having ideas, I have the time and also a bit more of a process to, you know, sit down and talk about it and and like with myself and, you know, journal about it and reflect on it, but talk about it with other friends and, and you know, artists as well. And like, that's been incredibly powerful. And for me, I guess like that's what the mirror also kind of stands in for is like a chance to get the ideas out. And, you know, sometimes I'm just going to say things and I'm going to be like, I don't know why I said that. That's not right. But it might take me some time to do that. And I guess that's kind of a beautiful thing about me doing this and, you know, not being in a rush to put it out into the world is that I will I will be able to sort of see a a progression of ideas or see where I was landing on something at a certain time but not necessarily feel like that's who I am and that's who I should be judged for because there's this idea that like now everything you say especially on the internet everything you say should be judged as like that's who you are and there is very little nuance because we don't have, you know, the the audio visual cues that we usually would have when having a face to face conversation. And I think less and less people are having face to face conversations, like especially this year. So because of that, you know, it's um like the things that I thought were important, uh, you know, don't seem as important anymore or, or don't even appear in my mind so they're not going to be things that I'll make work about or, or you know make it make a film about um I've been very sort of intentional this year like I've talked about you know watching a hundred films that was a goal of mine I also set a goal to 
read 50 books and I haven't really read many books in like the last five or six years and I guess the internet is the reason for that like the way that it's rewired my brain but in the last month or so I've been able to finally not only read books again but like finish books and get excited about them and have like the patience to do it alongside that I've been listening to full albums of music which is how I got into art in the first place I was like a you know a sad troubled 14 year old kid listening to like Metallica albums just in full I would go and jump on the trampoline and just get like all my pent-up energy out while I listened to this like really heavy music but it was it was just amazing because I would I would just listen to albums on repeat like over and over again I would just look forward to it I was excited about you know when the tracks would come up and I somehow got into the band Tool like properly recently and the albums Lateralis and 10,000 Days I just am listening to them on repeat and it's such a crazy feeling and I can only figure that it's because I'm not you know damaging my um, attention span by being on social media you know like like being able to enjoy art and enjoy things and like not feel like I need to skip 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 to the next song like I can I can listen to songs over and over more than more than once or twice it's it it may sound wild to some people listening but that was not a possibility and I would I would wager that that a lot of people listening probably more than those who don't recognize that as a as an experience probably can't do that because that's just where they're at you know so one way around that is to be intentional about your consuming and when you're not having these things shoved in your face all the time you're not going to be consuming them because you don't care about them you're only caring about them because you're there and you're trying to fill some kind of time so consume intentionally but also aim to create more than you consume this is not this is not one that i uh, am living by at the moment but again it's a process i'm working towards it you know on the cinema cartography patreon cast as well they, they talked about this i can't remember who they said um who 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 came up with it i mean it, it seems really simple doesn't it but like if you want to have a fulfilling life a rich life you should be creating more things than you consume you should be wanting to have a bigger output of things and that doesn't necessarily mean you need to be finishing one artwork a week for some people it might take years to finish the work that they do if it's some kind of complex sculpture i mean you know artwork takes as long as it takes depending on who you are and where you are and what resources you have but if you're spending more time making things than you are just mindlessly consuming things then i think you will find a more fulfilling lifestyle and the moments in the last six months where i have done that or where I've been able to set aside the time to really engage with those things. And I mean, even recording this podcast right now, I just drove like eight hours home from from a project from a, another town out west. And I was exhausted when I got home, but I was so, I've been so like frustrated the last few days because I've been cooped up in a hotel and I've been making ads for people and I felt like in my downtime all I was doing was just like consuming you know listening to hours of of podcasts and music which is great but I feel like I hadn't sort of gotten something out so this is great to sit down even though it's 
39 degrees outside my aircon isn't working and um you know i'm really tired but i just i don't really care if the quality of this episode is not the best it's more about just the process of doing it like getting the ideas out there sharing them listening back to them and then i guess hearing what people listening to it think of so i'm gonna get to a point where i can create more than i can consume um you know i talked about boredom there and there's definitely a real worry and something that i have experienced that if you drop off social media you know you're going to feel bored you're not going to get the same kind of like dopamine hits that you're usually getting like the way that it's designed is to do that is to keep you in the loop and never be bored because um you know that's that's the incentive structure but boredom i feel and i'm i'm a champion of boredom now i used to say to people i never get bored and it's amazing i've got the internet i can always do something on the internet yeah well 10 years of that and you know putting on an extra 15 kilos and having neck issues i i don't agree with that statement anymore (laughs) so so i feel like boredom is your best friend allow yourself to have some downtime allow yourself to enjoy more challenging artwork go to a gallery don't take out your phone just go and look at it see what you feel see what you think if you don't like it that's fine too you know or if you're sitting at home and you've read a book and you've done some painting you don't know what else to do for the day you know you've you've shot some photos just sit there just sit there and journal and write about how you feel write about your boredom talk about that feeling to yourself about how you're struggling without it like i think if you are trying to figure out a way to i guess create more or you know feel like you are i guess getting closer to a to a world where you where you're doing more stuff as opposed to just sitting there and consuming more like journaling for me has been the biggest thing like i don't always do it sometimes there's weeks where i don't journal but it's not uncommon that i'll sit down and write two to three pages a day of just whatever I'm feeling or whatever ideas. And it's great to go and look back at because a journal, it's just for you. And when you want to go back on an idea, it's still in an early stage so you can expand on it there as opposed to something like posting on social media. You know, you post it, you get that dopamine hit and then your your brain has already like moved on from it. Whereas there might be something beautiful to extract there. And I think in a journal format, it just feels i don't know what it is but to me it's a psychological thing it's different it feels like there's more value to it it feels like it's a better process to getting to getting closer to making better art you know and understanding who you are as well which is very important like focusing on your actual lived experience as opposed to the content you consume which is so often theoretical and fantastical and that goes equal for you know millionaire superstars that you're following and your best friend who is also creating a sort of fantastical narrative about their life about how they feel and about how everything is amazing and i think we all have a sense of like knowing that there's just a lot of bullshit there like that most people are either lying if they're happy or <laughs> um if they're unhappy like Look, I don't have too much to say in it. I don't, I'm not an expert. I'm not a behavioral psychologist. All I know is what I see, what I feel, you know, 
what what comes back to me from my interactions with the world and the more I think about you know and the more I've been away from everything like even to the point of like reading the news it's like you don't need to read the news you can if something is that important you will hear about it like it will come to you you will you will hear from someone just focus on what's going on in your life and you'll be a much happier person and I think you will I think your art will be better for it you know I I think sure there's some artists who do well creating in in uh, in uncertain times you know creating from a point of depression and sadness and it's important that you're able to express yourself at any time you know depending on how you like no, no matter how you feel but I think like I think I think it's really hard to undertake some kind of like in-depth creative procedure endeavor no matter the format no matter what what it is that you're doing if you haven't sort of got things in the right order in your own life and I'm learning that now five years into this journey that oh hey I've really been neglecting my mental well-being I've really been sort of like living this very austere lifestyle I haven't allowed myself some any fun you know I haven't allowed myself any hobbying and it's not like I have an amazing you know wealth of work to show for it it's only when I've been in a better mood in a better place in different places emotionally than really sad that my work has actually thrived because I can be productive because I can approach things because things don't beat me down so much so that goes for not just watching or experiencing better artwork but eating right and exercising more and looking after yourself and giving yourself a break like I used to tell I used to tell people that I love what I do as a commercial filmmaker because I get to be creative for a job and the more I think about it the more there is like a little bit of truth to that but so much lie because the creativity is limited you know at the end of the day you're just like a cover musician you're playing the hits to someone who wants the hits they don't want you to go all the way out and do something crazy sure you're being creative you're still exercising your creativity but at the end of the day they have a goal they want they want to sell something they want to they want to promote something and that's what you're kind of focused on and it's a good skill to learn to be able to you know hone in on something and not just kind of create something super esoteric I guess in that realm but like the more I've done it the more I've just realized like it's not for me it's not what I want to do and it feels like such a waste like it just feels like such a waste of like these creative skills that I have that I've been honing or rather have been neglecting honing for the last few years and I feel like Yeah, I don't know. I just I just feel like there's there's more there's more to it than just kind of selling yourself short, you know, for for some commercial work. And I I would hate to see other people kind of go down my rabbit hole because 
I just feel like I don't really have anything to show for it because like I said like I I took it so seriously I worked so hard that like cool I travel for work traveling involved driving for eight hours eating poorly for a few days and not actually enjoying like traveling because I don't travel for leisure the last I can't remember the last time I traveled somewhere and didn't do work just doesn't hasn't happened it's been (laughs) oh it's been there's maybe been one occasion in the last four or five years and that that kills you because you're always thinking about work you know you need to be able to switch off as well so I hope I hope if you take anything from this it's that like from my own experience there is more to what you're able to do and there are other ways to do things I mean I talked about some some amazing filmmakers doing some really in-depth projects but there's like musicians who've been doing this for a long time there are painters who have always sort of carved out their own way of doing things um by way of mastery by way of spending a time and effort putting it into their craft and taking it to new levels like you name anyone from recent history let alone like you know the last like 500 years of painting alone so i think you know think outside of the box think outside of the screen how do you want your work to be experienced what's important to you what kind of work do you actually want to make do you even re- like do you even sit and think about and process the kind of work that you're doing like you know i'm all for if you feel something just do it get that expression out but that doesn't have to be the finalized piece that can just be a sketch remember andre tarkovsky making stalker three times because he had discipline because he knew that he needed to get it right it wasn't ready to go out into the world yet in today's society i don't know that that would happen first of all i don't think a studio would have even given him money to make that movie let alone make it three times it's sad that art is becoming so reduced to just like commercial output there's some amazing artists doing amazing commercial work but i don't give a fuck about it like i don't care i don't care at all and i think if you're listening to this you probably also don't care as much but maybe you're struggling with some of these similar kind of things so you know i hope you take something valuable from this um you can always contact me and we can talk about it uh, face-to-face, on the phone, whatever. I I love conversations. Um, I think that... I think that it's it's not as tough as you think, but it can all start with just logging off, you know. That's, that's where it started for me, and it's been a snowball effect. I think things... Like, I feel it. Things are better. Like, my opportunities feel grander. My limits feel like they're there's less limits you know and i would i would love for that for anyone uh whether it is in art or outside of it but you know as it pertains to artistic creation get outside of that screen and you will find that there is just so many ways to engage with the world to engage the world and i think people are crying out for it people do want this they just don't remember they want it because there's more convenient things in front of them so uh yeah thank you very much for listening to the mirror i will uh talk to you very soon on the next episode thanks bye
Thank you for listening to The Mirror. The Mirror seeks to provoke questions around the way we create and experience art. And it's my sincere hope that in some way it helps you in your own creative practice and perhaps your life beyond. If this project reaches you in some way, helps you reflect or reframe, or indeed provokes any kind of feelings within you, I'd love to hear from you about it via the contact form on my website. I really appreciate your engagement with The Mirror. You can support me and the work that I do by becoming a sustaining member for as little as $40 a year by signing up at justinreed.com.au slash support. You will help me continue to create exceptional work, feel great about directly funding compelling art, and you'll also receive a bunch of great benefits, including access to exclusive films, artworks, and behind-the-scenes material on my membership platform that you can't experience anywhere else, discounts on my online store, and higher-tier subscribers even get free access to all of my premium films before anyone else. So become a sustaining member and sign up at justinreed.com.au support. You can also support the show by subscribing to my YouTube channel and listening to full episodes of The Mirror there, complete with meditative, original visuals created just for this project. Our fantastic music is written, produced, and performed by Annalisa Vetrunio, with drums contributed by Giacomo Greco. All of these details and links are included in the episode description. And until next time, I hope you're out there creating great work on your terms. I'm Justin Reed, and you have been listening to The Mirror.